This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. 7.45, this insert, sponsored by Mana Health Products, the only 100% natural organic supplement for blood sugar control. Zooming in with me this morning is Wendy Christin. She's a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Morning, Wendy. Good morning, Brad. You well? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Super. I can't complain. We get to get stuck into good. a good conversation again this morning, so we're really grateful for you. Thanks for that. And today we're touching on glucose. Now, in the past, we've touched on diabetes before. I think we've touched on insulin as well. I don't think we've ever tackled glucose on its own, but it certainly comes up in a lot of food and wellness conversations because I think it's either going to serve us well or it's going to serve us really poorly. Yeah, that's true. And you hear a lot about um you know, you go for a blood test and they test your glucose, you know. So it is good to understand what is glucose, how does it work, what is it for, what pushes it up, what, you know, keeps it low. Um, and so, yeah, I think this this is a good conversation to be having. So let's start with that. What is glucose? So glucose is the type of sugar that we get from the foods we eat. It's what our bodies actually utilize for energy. So it's 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 a natural thing that just happens. It's not like you're eating table sugar or a glucose tablet for energy that you've bought at the supermarket. I mean, this is this is what our food that we're consuming inevitably turns into. Yes. So if our bodies are functioning well, we shouldn't need those um, glucose tablets or sweets and things like that. Mm. But it is the natural fuel that our bodies make. Um, so that's what our bodies function on generally. Well, let's have a conversation around insulin because insulin and glucose are buddies in the body. They, they need each other. And I think it's when their relationship <laughs> comes undone when problems start to occur in our bodies. Yes. So they do work um, together. And so insulin is, the, it's, is actually a hormone um, that the body produces in response to the foods that we eat. And it transports the glucose from our bloodstream into our cells so that it can be utilized or stored. That's actually a very good uh, point for us to start on because uh, uh, we'll bring diabetes up into this conversation as well. And I think if we, we often get confused, insulin and glucose and what is it all about, but um, that's a great place for us to start. So as soon as there's an insulin problem, there's a glucose transportation problem, I'm guessing, if, the, if you've uh, put that's the two right. of them together. Yes, that's correct. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, let's get back to glucose. Uh, how does the body create that or where, how does that happen? So the body makes glucose from the carbohydrate-rich foods that we eat. So anytime we eat anything that's a form of sugar, um, potatoes or other um, starchy vegetables, rice, bread, pasta, fruit, all of those things are carbohydrates and they break down um, into glucose. If we don't eat enough of those carbohydrates, our body will utilize other sources. So, <clears throat> for example, if we eat too much protein, mm our body can break down the protein for glucose as well. So our bodies are very adaptable, but generally the types of foods that we're going to be getting our um, glucose from are the carbohydrate-rich foods. So if I'm not eating a lot of carbohydrates, and I know many people who eat very little carbs, so their body is still able to get glucose, it's just getting it from the other things they're eating and, and then maybe even using fat stores for energy. That's right, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, help us to know. So we we let's let's get back to the the foods that we we're talking about here, the the carbohydrate rich food. So we're chewing them, we're swallowing them, and then the insulin is released, and then what happens? 
Okay, so we we go we um we we start the chewing process. The the food goes down into our stomachs. That's where um, the glucose is released. The glucose then travels to the small intestine, where it's absorbed into the bloodstream. When it's in the bloodstream, then our body sends signals for the insulin to be released, so that it can pick up that glucose and transport it into our cells. And insulin acts a bit like a key. So it unlocks the cells in our muscles, our fat, and our liver so that the glucose can get in and can be utilized for the energy that we need and for all sorts of other functions because our, our, our bodies function on, on that glucose molecule. Okay. So what other organs in our bodies are, are, are forming part of this, this process? So the two main organs that are involved in the sugar transport are your pancreas, obviously, because that is the one that is secreting the, the insulin, and then the liver. <clears throat> and the liver's job is to, between the two, they maintain our blood sugar levels. So mm -hmm. once our bodies have actually utilized the energy from the food that we've eaten, the, the switch gets switched off that we stop producing insulin, which should happen that way. Whatever's left, the glucose that's left in the bloodstream will then get stored as glycogen in the, in the liver predominantly, but also in the muscles. And then when we haven't eaten for a while and our blood sugar starts to dip again, then our um, pancreas produces a hormone called glucagon, which then tells the liver to please convert that stored um, glycogen back to glucose so that it can keep our blood sugar stable until we eat again. Can I just jump in here and say, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's incredible. What a system. It is amazing. I just thought I'd jump in there and yeah. say that if anyone is listening right now and they're saying that sounds a little bit ungewickled, that's incredible. And that's happening all the time through our entire lives. And hopefully we exactly. nothing goes wrong. Exactly. So, you know, you skip your meal or you haven't, you, you, you don't quite make it to whatever on time you've got a, a meeting or something that holds holds you back from eating your normal meal. Um, and so your body tries to regulate that blood sugar for you. And so as long as there are sufficient stores to be able to regulate that, you won't have any problems um, with your blood sugar dipping and, and changing. What happens if those oh, stores run out? Sorry, please continue. Sorry? No, please continue. Mm, if the stores run out, so now you've not eaten for very long, then you go into what's called hyperglycemic phase, and then you, you know, then you start getting shaky and irritable, and you've got, literally got to eat something immediately you know and it's normally in the form of a sugar a sugary um, thing to get your blood sugar levels back up again but it is absolutely amazing that our bodies are able to to keep those levels in balance just by you know us eating our regular meals so what happens when we make poor food choices and it's just too many sugars plain old straightforward sugars and too many carbohydrate rich food uh, at, at what point does the body start to struggle because that's an actually in, in the way that we eat nowadays I, I reckon it's a bit of an unusual and abnormal way of consuming food yeah we we don't consume foods like we should so there's an oversupply of food and definitely an overconsumption of the wrong types of food so we're eating many more carbohydrates and sugars so our risk for diabetes is obviously increased you land up with too much more glucose in, in the bloodstream. And um, people will it can become insulin resistant as well on that kind of diet. 
because then the insulin becomes the, the cells, the receptors in the cells become less sensitive to the signaling. And so now you land up with lots of glucose circulating in your bloodstream and sometimes too much insulin or your body then just stops producing insulin. And that's when your risk for diabetes increases. Okay, so, so then what you're saying is if you have diabetes, it means that you just have too much glucose in your bloodstream and the insulin can't, can't cope. Yes, and the, and it doesn't transport it. So the insulin, uh, you you, you be, it, the, those sensors become blunted. So the insulin either doesn't get produced, or it still gets produced in large quantities, but the cell receptors become um, blunted. So they become resistant. So you can't actually track the, the the insulin can't then transport the glucose into the cell. So it circulates and floats around in the bloodstream. And it creates inflammation and all sorts of other issues in the body. What really happens? Let's just ask you straight out. If I'm just going to live a poor lifestyle and for many years, I'm just going to be having a bloodstream that's just got way too much glucose in it, more than the insulin can cope with. What's ultimately going to happen to me? Well, you're going to get diabetes, first of all. And second of all, that you have the risk of long-term damage to your long-term sugar um, use is going to cause damage to your organs. So specifically your kidneys, your nerve, your nerve endings, your heart, your eyes, um, but other organs can also be damaged. So we're doing this to ourselves. This is no, no one else yes. is hurting us. This is a conscious choice in our own. And, and for those exactly. who, and for parents listening now, you know, we do, we do it to our kids if we don't get educated, which is why I believe uh, the time we spend with Wendy is so important. Um, okay, so we've just literally got a minute or two together. Let's We can always pick up a diabetic conversation again just to help listeners who get confused between the two kinds of diabetes. But uh, what can we do about this? I mean, based on what you've said, the, the simple answer seems less glucose. But how does that really look in day-to-day eating? So we want to have a balanced diet. We want to be choosing low glycemic index carbohydrates. And, you know, your glycemic index represents glucose. So the higher the glycemic index is, the closer to glucose that food is. And so we want to be choosing foods that are much lower on that index so that the the release of of glucose is slower. Um, And we want to be exercising. Mm. So exercise combined with a, a balanced diet will help us to maintain our blood sugar levels you know, optimal blood sugar levels. Um, is, is, is there a reason why so much of the really inexpensive food, which I think a lot of people end up buying, is the stuff that's really not that great for us in the area of glucose? Well, because the cheaper foods would be the refined carbohydrates, because they can produce those in bulk, they can bring the price point down. Um, and so unfortunately, those are the, the, the cheaper foods. But there's very little nourishment in those foods and we're also seeing like from the research that even people in poorer communities are struggling with diabetes and um, uh, diabetes you know symptoms related to diabetes Mm. and obesity due to under overconsumption of undernutritive foods there you have it it's almost time for us to agree Omri's got a question Yes, just two things that I'm thinking about, about Wendy, is the, f- the first thing I just want to clarify. So when it comes to diabetes, it can be genetic as well. Um, am I right in saying that? So even if you don't consume a lot of glucose, the levels can be high due to genetics? Yes, but that's normally your type 1 diabetics. Type 2 diabetes is generally lifestyle. Mm. So you can have a family history of type 2 diabetes, but it's generally a, a lifestyle disease. 
Type 1 diabetes is very different. It's an autoimmune condition mm. where the uh, pancreas starts attacking its cells. And so it can't produce insulin anymore. And so, yes, that that is definitely a genetic um, concern, whereas the type 2 is a lot more lifestyle related. And maybe just a last question. It takes me back to when I did a lot of athletics in school. And I only remembered now that we used to take glucose powder. And that's something that's quite popular amongst people who do high intensity exercises because it um, seems to, it does sustain, you know, the level of activity you want to maintain. But are there advantages to taking glucose powder? Would you recommend that to anybody? I don't personally recommend that um, because I think you, you get a spike of blood sugar. It, you know, sometimes athletes use it for a spike of energy and they're actually utilizing that glucose in that moment. Um, and so that's why they generally use the glucose powder. But uh, it, uh, my feeling is that we should rather be feeding the, the muscles with other nutrients and not necessarily glucose. So if, if you're combining that with a fat and a protein, that would be a, mu- a much better option mm. um, for, for long-term muscle um, uh, sustainability. Sure. Thank Thanks. you so much. Because as soon as that glucose runs out, you, you know, you when you have yes. the athletes that speak about hitting the wall, yes. it's... It's it's a, a quick release and then you it burns out very quickly. Mm. And so then the muscles can't keep going. Whereas if you've provided them with a different type of fuel, then they can go for longer and you're not gonna run you're not gonna run out of that energy as quickly as you would with glucose. Mm. Yeah, thanks so much, Wendy. I think we can continue this conversation. Maybe we have skipped the part of talking about diabetes. Let's pick that up, if that's okay with you, next week, and we'll connect again. But that's all the time we've got for. Thanks so much. Some incredible conversation. I love it when you explain how the body works in a way that just makes us go, wow, God's created something so incredible. So we need to take good care of it. Yeah, we absolutely do. Thanks. And we definitely can pick up on the diabetes, uh, diabetes next week then. Super. Have yourself a really great day. Thanks, Brad. You too. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.